the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good morning. You're in the loop. Every week we talk with the people who make San Antonio a better place to live. Thanks for joining us in the loop. Here's your host, Milton Glick. And welcome to In the Loop. I'm Milton Glick, and that's exactly what we do. We get you caught up with the people and the organizations that are making San Antonio a better place to live. One of my favorite guests is up next. I love talking to Lisa Norwood of Animal Care Services here in San Antonio. Lots of great information uh, for uh, homeowners, pet owners, anybody out there uh, who uh, cares about animals. We'll talk to her about a variety of different things right now. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hi, how are you? Thank you for having us on again. Oh, listen, it's always my pleasure. And again, lots of great information uh, that uh, that we get from you and uh, about ACS, what you're doing, but also just on, like, I know one of the topics we're going to talk about is just uh, pets and animal welfare in general. So, mm-hmm. uh, Absolutely. So how are things at Animal Care Services? Well, going really well. Um, we actually um, just got through with what we call a mid-year budget adjustment, and that's something that the city departments go through every single year, around about that halfway mark. And basically what it does is it, uh, it, it lets the departments and, of course, our city leadership Take a look at where we are. You know, what what are we doing in each of their respective departments? Do the departments need maybe, you know, a little bit more funding, a little bit more resources, you know, to do what they need to do to reach those performance metrics um, that they have? So that's what um, that's what we just got through doing last week, in fact. And we happen to be one of the departments this year that did receive a mid-year budget adjustment. So what does that mean? That means that we actually received additional resources allocated to the department to allow us to do things like animal control, to allow us to do things like community education, uh, to allow us to do things like uh, marketing. So we're really excited about that. It was something that was a little unexpected. You know, it's certainly not a guarantee for any of the city departments, but this year we did receive uh, a little bit more resources at the halfway mark. So we were glad about that. Well, congratulations. That's great. Hey, um, I will tell you, and, and you probably run into this too, as you look around like on the on the internet and I'm on Nextdoor and I see ACS is this and ACS is that, and they're, uh, they're not, some, sometimes they're not quite right. So tell us the role and the mission of Animal Care Services for San Antonio. Absolutely, yeah, and I, and I appreciate that. There, there are a, n- a number of times that we can sometimes run across ACS is – insert yes. you know, word or uh, or collection of words uh, <laughs> here, and, and we get that. Unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation that's out there about not only animal care services and what our mission is in the community, but also about the people who work here, the people that work here caring for the animals, the people that work here um, 
you know, educating the community about animal care. And then, of course, the, you know, our officers who are out in the field doing enforcement work. So simply said, you know, our mission is, is something of a balance. It's public safety, to be sure, but also the, the, the promotion uh, and the support of humane pet care in our community. And that, of course, both of those things kind of take a number of different, uh, a number of different looks, a number of different ways that we engage and support in that mission. When it comes to public safety, that's, of course, our enforcement end. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but animal care services, animal control in general across the country, was originally created for rabies control. Okay. To ensure that rabies, which we know is a just awful, virulent, and of course deadly disease to to people, uh, to animals as well, um, we know that that that's something that uh, obviously is not a problem for the most part in the United States, and that is because animal control has been in place, you know, for more than a hundred years throughout the country. So here in San Antonio, Animal Care Services um, started out as simply animal control. Um, They were a function of our health department for the city and were solely tasked with picking up so-called stray animals, mostly dogs, but some cats as well. And um, unfortunately, you know, as you know, Back in the day, as they sometimes say, um, things were not good. There were there were very very few placement options for those animals, and so unfortunately, those animals that were brought in were euthanized wholesale. Um, as we progressed into you know the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, and of course the 2000s to where we find ourselves now, we've divested from that singular mission of just public safety to also add placement options or life-saving as part of our mission. And so trying to identify different ways that we can find placement for the pets that come into our shelter, that's a big part of our mission now, too. And we have entire teams dedicated to that, trying to find placement, whether it be an adoption, whether it be a temporary uh, foster-type situation. We work with a lot of rescue groups, not only here in San Antonio, but throughout Texas and the country. And then um, we also have a community cat program um, in which, you know, we address humanely uh, feral cats that are, that are in our community. A big component, though, of that that people don't really think about when it comes to life-saving is we actually do something called return-to-owner you know, we get it. Stuff happens. Pets can get out, and sometimes they wind up here at the shelter. One of the happiest things that we do is we get them back to their owners. So that's something that also makes up um, the life saving that we do. Yeah. Um, part of part of that life saving, part of that humane care that we're tasked with, uh, also involves community engagement. You know, talking to the community, talking to Milton. 
you know, <laughs> so having, you know, having this opportunity to be able to not only talk to you, but your, your listeners about what animal care does, um, some of the things that we offer, the different resources and programs. So there's a lot of different components to it. Um, but at the end of the day, it is really about trying to achieve that balance, walking that line between public safety and life placement for the pets in our care. Uh, we're talking to Lisa Norwood. She's the Public Relations and Outreach Manager with the City of San Antonio's Animal Care Services, uh, talking about a variety of different things. That was a great explanation of the mission, and I, I, I think that probably cleared it up for a lot of people, too. I, I'm sure glad you also kind of did the history, too, because it has changed. Uh, Quite a bit. Yeah. Um, talk a little bit about kind one of one of the things that I also enjoy talking with you, and if we have time, we will. If not, we'll revisit uh, we're, you know, um, there seems to be different seasons, uh, thing or different things that, that happen. Like you were mentioning that, uh, uh, parvo and distemper are really high right now. Really, really high. I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you, you remembered we talked about that because my goodness, it is something that we're seeing not just happening in animal care services, but happening at shelters, um, throughout the community happening in the community itself we're seeing pets that are coming in that and this is parvo and uh, distemper that we're referring to are dog diseases canine diseases and so we're seeing that canine distemper we're seeing the parvo virus these are highly highly contagious diseases and they're very very hard on on the dogs that that contract these diseases um, the good news, though, is that there are vaccinations that provide protection. Um, unlike rabies vaccinations, though, they're not required by law. So I think a lot of times what happens um, in our community is, you know, there's that understanding, hey, I've got to get my, my dog or my cat, I've got to get them that rabies shot because it's required. It's required not only by city law, but by state law as well. So you've got that encouragement, if you will, to make sure that your, your pet has their rabies vaccination. Unfortunately, parvo and distemper are not required. Um, and so I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, it's an added expense. Uh, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. I'm not going to take on that added expense. And it's certainly something that, um, that we have noticed. We, unfortunately, have a very low vaccination rate for the pets in our community. And, you know, as we have struggled through yet another, you know, parvo and distemper season, um, we got together with, um, you know, some of our partners, we talked about it, and we decided we need to do something about this. We need to have greater resources for the community. Uh, we understand that vet care can, it can be expensive. And given, you know, where our economy is, sometimes people have to make the choice. Do I get shots for my dog or do I buy dinner for my kids? Um, we don't want people to have to make that choice. So we have, over the course of probably the last year or so, been doing vaccination clinics with the Animal Defense League. And so these community vaccination clinics have uh, have been going on throughout various 
underserved areas of our community. They actually take place in the community. And we go to various locations, generally parks, places that people know in their communities, in their neighborhoods. And uh, our friends over at the Animal Defense League, they set up shop and they start doing vaccinations, um, sometimes doing up to, you know, 125 pets each vaccination clinic wow. that we have. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been wonderful that not only have they been able to get those vaccinations out into the community, both for dogs, you know, of course, we're worried about parvo and distemper, but for cats as well. But in addition, they're educating people and they're talking to people during those clinics and letting them know, hey, this is something, it's not a one-time shot. Literally and figuratively, right? Yeah. It's not a one-time shot. This is something that you need to do annually for your pet. So it's helping establish that uh, understanding that this is something that has to be done every year. You know, a lot of us, most of us, we love our pets. And so we want them to, to live with us, to be happy, to, to be healthful for as long as we can. Vaccinations help us do that. So we've been um, really excited about this partnership with the Animal Defense League. But I'll tell you what, Milton, (laughs) we started thinking about it, and we thought, well, if we can do it with the Animal Defense League, surely there must be some other folks out there, you know, maybe some other potential partners out there that would want to work with the city of San Antonio and get out even more vaccinations. So we actually are now working with... Um, we got a new partner. Uh, they're called Protect Your Pet. Oh. So Protect Your Pet Veterinary Services. And they're actually going to be doing at least one, if not two, vaccination clinics every single month at Animal Care Services. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah. So what I want to do is I want to get San Antonio to the point to where every weekend there is a free vaccination clinic somewhere in San Antonio for San Antonio pet owners. Well, you're pretty close if I'm looking at the website, correct? <laughs> correct. You, you're, you're, we're very close. So There's one right coming now, up on the third. The Animal Defense League, we've right. got one every other weekend. Right. Every other weekend. Now, with adding Protect Your Pet, We'll have a third one, and, you know, here, God willing, when we get to, by the end of the summer, we want to start doing them every single weekend here in San Antonio. That'd be great. Well, so you've, you've got kind of a, 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 you've got the microphone, so to speak. Who are you looking for? Uh, Protect Your Pet makes sense because they are a veterinary clinic here, or? They are, they are a veterinary service here. Okay. In San Antonio, they're a veterinary service here in San Antonio, run by an awesome veterinarian. Uh, name is Dr. Esparza. And so Dr. Esparza runs this clinic, and he actually has a number of different community clinics that he does throughout San Antonio. But he hadn't partnered with San Antonio Animal Care Services before. So we were super excited to be able to not only host him, but to give him that ability to push out even more resources for the for the community. All right. So what is it what is it that 
someone listening needs to have to become a a partner if this if this touches their heart uh, and they say, yeah, that's uh, that makes perfect sense. We'd like to see what it takes to become a partner in this, so they can be every weekend. What what do you need them to to do? Well, for starters, um, they they need to obviously have the capacity. These clinics, as you can imagine, are popular, very popular. So they need to be able to have the capacity. So that would include not only, you know, a veterinarian, but uh, vet techs as well, you know, the infrastructure, if you will. So animal care services, when we work through these, these contracts with, um, with our partners, with our vendors, um, they're, they're usually, you know, different ways that we'll do it. Sometimes we'll pay for the vaccinations ourselves. Uh, ACS will. As you can imagine, we get, uh, we get vaccinations in bulk, yeah. <laughs> so we get a we get a pretty good price um, when we're buying the vaccinations from our various uh, clinic vendors that we work with, or our vaccination vendors rather. So that's usually how we do it: is we will purchase um, all of the medications, and then um, our partner will have that capacity to do the treatments. They'll be the ones who are actually administering the shots, uh, talking to people, filling out the paperwork, and we just provide all of the um, all of the details. Very cool. So maybe we maybe maybe we've spoken to someone. That would be great if we could make that uh, come true. Could for it absolutely would. Yeah, it absolutely would. I think one of the things though that you know I'd love for uh, the listeners to know is what are the requirements to go to one of these clinics. All right. Because of course you know there's got to be rules, right? So. I want to be very, very clear. These clinics are funded by the taxpayers of San Antonio. You know, this is a resource that is provided by San Antonio Animal Care Services. And as such, San Antonio taxpayers, San Antonio residents are the only ones who qualify. So people who live in other municipalities, um, would not qualify. And that is something that we're, we're very strict about, very stringent on. We do check picture IDs. We do check current addresses to ensure that the attendee, uh, the pet owner, is indeed in the city of San Antonio. Because, again, you know, it is a taxpayer uh, benefit to that we have these uh, these various clinics. So we want to make sure that they're the ones who are able to benefit from uh, that taxpayer funding. Now, um, tell folks how to get to, again, our guest, Lisa Norwood, Public Relations and Outreach Manager, City of San Antonio Animal Care Services. Lisa, um, all I did was basically type in Animal Care Services San Antonio, and then I got a... Uh, I got a, a website choice. Is that the best way to do it? Is it? Yeah, that that that's absolutely one uh, one of the best ways to do it. Okay. But if you want to, you know, show some love to our friends over at the Animal Defense League, oh. please go on their website as well. You know, the Animal Defense League, of course, doing uh, the lion's share of these clinics out in the community right now. We're just getting started with uh, with Protect Your Pet. So as we get more and more clinics under our belt with them, those of of course, will go on to the ACS website. But right now, we've got clinics 
every other weekend through September with the Animal Defense League that people can check out on the Animal Defense League website. You go to the Animal Defense League, I believe it's animaldefenseleague.org. You go to their website, look for event calendar, and boom, you'll see every single clinic that we have uh, throughout San Antonio. Very cool. All righty. Uh, so that's a and that's a great thing to know. And again, just looking at yours, I know you brought up Animal Defense League. I'm sure it's the same, but I have yours up. It talks about the rules. It talks about you know, it's limited to the first hundred, uh, first come first serve, three pets per household, things like that. And you'll get all that detail uh, at the website. Uh, Lisa, you brought up uh, another topic that that people needed to know about too. You mentioned state law and rabies. You said there's a new. Uh, a new state law that's been passed, the dangerous dog law? There, there is a new dangerous dog law that just made it uh, a couple days ago through both, uh, both parts of uh, the Texas legislature, both houses of the Texas legislature. Right now it's on uh, Governor Abbott's desk, so fingers crossed that he does indeed sign it. But the dangerous dog uh, bill was something that was filed by uh, Representative Liz Campos, uh, she worked with Senator Jose Menendez and countless others. There were so many people um, engaged in, in authoring this bill. And basically what this potential legislation does, what this law does, is it makes it easier for ACS to initiate dangerous dog investigations. So what's a dangerous dog investigation? You know, gosh, that dog, you know, down the street, I don't like the looks of it. It looks dangerous. That, that's not what we're talking about here. So dangerous dog is actually a legal definition. So it's actually something that's defined in state law, and it is uh, based off of certain behaviors as well as an investigation that confirms those behaviors. So as an example, let's look at dangerous dog. Dangerous dog is a dog that makes an unprovoked attack. And that attack occurs outside the animal's enclosure or the owner's property. Okay. And that attack causes bodily injury. Okay, so so a bite doesn't necessarily have to be a bite. It could be that a dog came at you and you fell down. Hmm. Okay, you, you would be injured, Milton, if a dog, you know, came at you and you happened to fall down and maybe, you know, you broke your arm or something. The other definition of dangerous dog is a dog that someone would reasonably believe would attack them and cause them injury if they were able to get out of their yard or property. So their, th- their behavior was so threatening that a reasonable person would believe, gosh, if this animal gets off its property, it's really going to hurt me. It's, it's really going to cause some, some serious injury. So when somebody is in a situation like that, we ask them to do a couple of things. Number one, obviously, we ask you to call 311. Uh, but we also want you to to let us know about this animal's threatening behavior so that we can start what's called a dangerous dog investigation. And the way that the law currently is, we have to have a written sworn statement from the victim or a witness. Okay, that's a current law. 
this new law gives us a little bit more latitude. It gives us a little bit more latitude to look at an animal's history. It gives us a little bit more latitude to, for one of our officers even to act as a witness based off of that animal's history. Hmm. It gives us a little bit more latitude um, to actually start the investigation. At the end of the day, we still need all the details. So this new law gives us the ability to get those details. Maybe we're doing a dangerous dog investigation with you, Milton, but you're scared. You're concerned about, you know, this is your neighbor's dog. You don't want that information, you know, to, to get back to your neighbor that you've started this investigation. So what the new law will allow us to do is it will allow us to keep your information, your personal information, your name, your address, your phone number, et cetera, private. You get to remain anonymous if there's any requests for the information on the investigation. So we will not be able to tell anybody because it would be against the law for us to tell you know, your neighbor or the third, whoever it was that asked, well, who started this dangerous dog investigation? That would be information that would not be publicly releasable. Okay. So at the end of the day, after we figure out and investigate, you know, what is going on, we look at this animal's threatening behavior. If it meets that threshold that state law defines as a dangerous dog, we can deem that dog dangerous, legally dangerous. And then the owners have some decisions to make. So they can decide that they are going to um, agree to abide by the requirements for dangerous dogs. And those range from $100,000 in liability insurance, warning signs on their property, annual inspections, muzzles, specific enclosures that the animal has to be uh, housed in, or they can decide, I, I, I can't do this, I don't want to do this, and I'm going to relinquish custody of my animal. If that is indeed the case, then um, if an animal has already been deemed dangerous, um, that animal is, is humanely euthanized. We don't knowingly adopt out animals that have been yeah. deemed dangerous. Hmm. And, um, you know, you, um, that's, that's really interesting. I, I mean, and I'm sure as, uh, as there more things happen, there'll be more information on it too. Absolutely. We, we only have about, gosh, about a minute left. Uh, Lisa, anything else that you want to bring up or you want to just direct people to the website or the Facebook I, page? I would say please go to the website. Okay. Uh, more than anything else, check out those vaccination clinics. Yes. There's so many free resources in the community. And distemper and parvo, it's, it's really a horrible, horrible disease. And, you know, please help your pet. Uh, and let us help you help your pet. Go to these vaccination clinics. Check out Animal Defense League's website. Check out the SAACS.net website. You can get all the information on the next clinic that's coming to a neighborhood near you.
Very good. Lisa Norwood has been our guest, public relations and outreach manager. We're going to visit again because it's going to get hot, and uh, we're going to want to touch <laughs> on. Yeah, uh, we're going to touch on that as, as well. And there's some things that you can do. She's a public and out public relations and outreach manager with the City of San Antonio Animal Care Services. We'll say goodbye for today, but I'm Milton Glick, and you be sure to join us next week as we keep you in the loop. Thanks for joining us in the loop. We look forward to bringing you next week's show with Milton Glick. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.